I have been inspired to release Pacifist Percent faster. One thing that's put my ass into gear for Pacifist is there's these, uh, I mentioned it before, these these jokers who've, I almost don't want to mention it. So these guys who play through GTA 5 and they're like, this is the minimum number of people you need to kill to beat the game. And they just like play through it casually and kill like hundreds of people. Hundreds. Like they kill more than the speed run kills, which kills the minimum amount of people without slowing down. <laughs> they they kill people you can literally walk past. And all these publications have written articles about it. And people, of course, brought me up in the comment section. The guy's like, oh, oh, we wanted it to be consistent as to how many people uh, we killed. It's just like, imagine for a moment that you're trying to, you say you're answering the question of the minimum amount of people you need to kill and you worry about consistency. Realizing for a moment that how consistent anyone is with anything depends upon them in a large part. As in, the biggest cause of how long it takes me to do a lot of the missions in Pacifist isn't the strategies, it's finding the strategies. If I went through Pacifist again, I could maybe avoid like 10 guys. Like if I killed like 10 extra guys, it would reduce the amount of time it would take me by like 99%. A significant portion of what makes Pacifist take so long is the second requirement, not the first. It's the melee requirement. Think of how easy derailed would be if I just sniped everyone. But my requirement that I also melee people is, is what causes me so many concerns. Like if you look at how many people I've shot in the series, it's like 20. The amount of people I've meleeed, it's like 50. And that's just what's released so far. Very infuriating that someone has taken something I care so much about and half-assed it to that degree without any hint of shame. And it makes me want to release the rest of the series. You know what has me excited with pacifist guys? Trying to uh, reduce the number when I'm done with it. Because I know I can reduce the number. Yeah, the hard part for pacifist is going to be deciding whether I want to prioritize avoiding kills or continuing to melee people. Because for Mr. Phillips, I think sniping people or even just pistoling people, I could kill less people than meleeing. It's hard to know. Because the current strat that I do in this one for the amount of people that I kill is less than the amount of people I killed in Pacifist. How many do I kill in this? It's uh, one, two, three, four, five, skip one, six, seven, eight, nine. So I kill nine here, but in Pacifist I killed like 20. But that was a uh, melee. And if I tried to melee the nine that I kill now, uh, it would cause more enemies to spawn that would need to be killed. Yeah, I did see that article where the fool of a person bloody killed like 700 people. And I was like, this is the minimum amount of people you need to kill to beat GTA 5. I wrote a comment just tearing him a new one, especially because the speed run doesn't even kill that many people. <laughs> like, and I click around the video and there's like, like really obvious guys you don't need to kill that you can literally walk past and <laughs> the person kills them. It was like, and like I, I looked at the video and I'm like, I couldn't kill this many people if I tried. Like, or, or rather I, I'd act actively have to be stopping and killing people on my way to completing the game as I normally do. But you can guarantee that, uh, this guy just knows people in the industry or whatever because no way a small content creator would get that many articles written about them, you know. My two childhood games both had failed remasters. Am I going to play Warcraft 3? No. Blizzard butchered the game. 
it is really, really annoying when when companies do things for their in their own best interest that kind of like bothers you or disadvantages you. Like that can be annoying, but at least you understand. You're like, okay, I can get it. You're looking out for yourself. Maybe what I want is kind of niche. And so it makes you less angry in, in, in some cases. But in the case of Warcraft 3 and Blizzard, they did the absolute worst thing for themselves and literally everyone else. It's like no one won. They limited their sales, they damaged their brand, they, they destroyed a game that people that were still playing competitively, that people beloved by all. At least they, it seems as though they've learned their lesson a bit because now Diablo 2, the remaster of that, uh, everyone says is amazing. Like it's both improving the original game but keeping the spirit of it, what makes Diablo 2 Diablo 2. But that doesn't save Warcraft 3. It's fucked forever. I'll never forgive them for that. Like, I just can't win. Like, even the remaster of Heroes 3 was completely butchered. I had two games that I played so much, other than World of Warcraft, of course, when I was younger. That was Heroes 3 and Warcraft 3, and neither of them got a remaster. Or a, a, a good one, you know? Two of the greatest games of all time, butchered by those who hold the IP. A little bit of it might have been, though, that the companies were still not, like... When the decision was made for these games to be remastered, there were less of the um, beloved remastered that are, remasters that had come out for gaming. So a lot of these companies were just like, oh, look, let's put the minimum amount of dollars into this pass. We'll find, you know, some some people behind a back alley or in a back alley somewhere and get them to work on this. And then over the time that it was being worked on, you know, Spyro re reignited and, and the, the crash remastered and stuff all that came out and the mafia stuff came out and these made Boatloads of cash and they're like, oh shit um, Well, we're on a course now, so we just have to hope for the best and uh, didn't go well Isn't it weird that if you actually put time and money into something and create something good it actually gets good sales Weird guess we'll just have to wait another 10 years or something for them to be remastered again the remaster of the remaster. Using memes to increase the value of assets. What do I think of the Dogecoin situation? Dogecoin is a meme. It's just pump and dump. Like the vast majority of people are just gonna lose money. It's gonna be the transference of wealth from some people to other people. And that's all that's gonna come of it. Every single time I see a meme for a cryptocurrency on Reddit, I'm like, well, there's one uh, scumfuck who is attempting to inspire people to buy a cryptocurrency that they have money in. Every person I see who types Dogecoin to the moon, I'm like, well, there's a scumfuck trying to get people to invest money in something that they're going to lose money in. Memes are all fun and games until they get built up around an asset class that the people making memes have investments in. It's like, hey, kids, want to get into crippling debt? Hey kids, want to destroy your future? Losing fuck tons of money on cryptocurrency? Want to give me all your money? Hell yeah, man. Check out this meme. When you look at all that shit on Reddit as just a way to manipulate the market for the profit of a select group of people, it, it no longer looks fun. How do you invest in AUD? Do you mean spending AUD or was it shorting the currency or whatever? Because you can invest in a currency, right? And either you buy a lot of that currency with the expectation that it will go up, 
or you short it in that you um what it was that you 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 promise to sell the currency at a fixed amounts and then you hope that the value goes up or whatever or is it down yeah so you can so it goes down so you can buy it for cheap and then sell it at that price making a profit yeah okay i am i'm not an investor guys and hold a very bleak view of the market current cryptocurrencies don't just go up when they're used as a currency surely even now even with bitcoin the overwhelming majority of uh transactions are for the currency itself rather than for other goods correct like announcements that bitcoin can be used to buy certain products can lead to a spike in the um in the value because everyone expects that everyone else is going to buy the crypto and so they want to get in before that spike I mean, any news about anything almost seems to lead to a spike in value as people try and buy before everyone else buys. Doesn't that lead to manipulation? Um, if someone big leaks a fake story, yeah, and I'm, I'm fairly certain that's illegal to do. And there have been people who've tried to do that kind of thing. But something being illegal doesn't necessarily mean that um, you're going to be brought up on charges. It's not illegal to do that for crypto because it's not regulated. Are you sure, though? Are you sure it's not illegal, but it's like impossible to show or something i'm pretty sure it's still illegal I, I, i'd be staggered if over the entire world there was not a law against the whole pump and dump thing but it's just difficult to prove with crypto because you can you even prove ownership of most cryptos or whatever i, I, I don't know absolutely you can crypto is pseudo anonymous it's easy to track a wallet to a person when they make big waves oh okay Interesting. Hungry box and old school melee. I found myself watching quite a bit of the melee sets uh, for the last tournament that, that was recently done. You know, Smash Melee. Hungry box is such an interesting character now because, like, he used to be number one, but he's no longer in his prime. And so, especially because of how hyped he gets when he wins, it's always exciting when he wins. And. I'm always rooting for him, you know, even while I, I don't expect at all for him to win. I mean, what win sets and stuff, sure, but I mean the entire tournament. Like, I, I expect Zayn or Mango is going to win every time. But, like, no one wants to lose the Hungry Box because if you lose, it's like, wow, you lost the Hungry Box when he wasn't in his prime. But, like, if you win, people are like, well, yeah, you beat Hungry Box, but he's not in his prime, so. <laughs> like, it's, it's just lose-lose, you know? I'm sure most of you don't care. Can I get a poll? How many of you care about competitive melee? Surely, like, next to none of you. Who's Hungrybox? He's a guy who plays uh, Smash Ultimate. Uh, the number one ranked player 2019 and, and years before as well. But he plays a character, Jigglypuff, that a lot of other people don't like. And his lack of willingness to do friendlies and train with... Uh, the other competitors led them to not super like him all that much, apparently. Like, he's a controversial figure. I mean, I think less so these days because he isn't number one. But I like how uh, hype and into he is everything. Like, I like people who, like, are passionate about stuff. And, like, when they do something cool, they're like, yes, I did something cool. They're not like, I, <laughs> you know, he brings the hype. Yeah, so only 18% said yes, but that's still a significant amount considering how old Melee is. <laughs> Imagine thinking Hungry Box is better than Satiated Box. 
Yeah, but that's what I hear. I, I hear that uh, Hungry Box back in the day was uh, a bit worse. In his interactions with the community is uh, apparently better now. But I didn't know him from back then, so. Kind of wish I did. Like, hearing about the old days and how uh, scuffed everything seemed in uh, old melee tournaments and stuff. Would have been nice to have uh, been involved in watching it. I dislike that I didn't get to be around when um, Armada was actually competing. He just seems like such a legend. Uh, and, and, and like I never see Peach played in tournaments. It's also rare for me to see, see a Sheik, but I, I I hear there's other people who play Peach, but I never get to see in tournaments. It would have been cool to have seen Armada playing Peach, or even playing Peach in today's climate. Uh, people speculate that Peach would not do nearly as well now. Armada was the best? Yeah, every kind of... Um, flashback retrospective thing that I've seen has suggested that Amada for his time was just so dominant, you know? Who do I mean in Smash? I don't play. When I was a kid, I loved Fox. I loved how fast Fox was. Could beat all my friends with Fox. <laughs> Kirby gang. <laughs> Next you'll be telling me you main Bowser. Now that's how you know I... I'm truly not giving shit. Uh, giving a shit one day. If I'm playing Melee with Slippy. Because no way in hell any of you would watch that shit. And I haven't played in like 20 years. New generations missing out on classic movies. I have not seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Sometimes I reflect like all these really classic movies that I love that, you know, younger generations aren't going to watch. But I realize there are still heaps of classic movies that I haven't seen, you know. Like sometimes when I'm about to make a reference in... Uh, in Pacificent, I'm like, how many people would actually have seen the movie I'm making a reference to? Like, the idea that some people haven't seen Emperor's New Groove is, is weird to me, you know? The restaurant's seen Emperor's New Groove. Everything in Emperor's New Groove is good. The whole entire thing is a classic. The thing that's most memorable, though, is the whole wrong lever thing. Wrong lever. Why do we even have that lever? No, 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 that's that scene where... Wait, how did you get back here before us? How did we get back here first, Kronk? Oh, it beats me. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. Oh well. <laughs> like, Kronk is such a classic character that there's actually a YouTube channel dedicated to some guy who just, just does the voice for the character in a bunch of different roles. Similar to uh, Perfect Cell from uh, Dragon Ball Z. Like, you know a character is, is a classic when just being able to do an impression of them is enough to uh, have a YouTube career, you know? Yeah, Kronk is the same guy he does, Joe, yeah. He does a lot of voice characters. He's been in a lot of stuff. Playing ads on Twitch in 2021. Are you guys getting ads? Not just when you're joining the stream? No? Okay. Okay. I don't play ads during my stream. And, uh, of course you can't turn off pre-rolls. There was a short period there where Twitch tried doing, um, forced mid-rolls. It's fortunate that they didn't go ahead with that plan. You're more than likely from regions where Twitch has trouble getting ads. Like, uh, I often have trouble getting ads, even when, um... Because for a while there, I, had to, I wanted to attest to, um... Get some footage for ads, and I, I had a lot of trouble finding any ads while, uh... On a non-signed-in account. Wouldn't you get a bit more money if it had, uh... Mid-rolls? There's a thing called bounce rate, where... Viewers will click off a stream or move to a different stream or click out of Twitch entirely 
if uh, they see an ad. There's a... It's debatable what amount of people do this. Twitch claims it's quite low, but they have an incentive to make that claim. I don't make enough money with ads for me to really think it's worth playing ads. Except that if you play ads yourself, it, it stops people getting pre-roll ads when they join the stream. So if I, if I could bother to go the effort, I would play ads, but eh. As in like, it's, I don't care about the money from ads. The only reason I would play ads is if I believed that the amount of people who would stay on the stream because they didn't get a pre-roll would be higher than the amount of people who um, would otherwise leave when I play the mid-rolls. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it increases the amount of people who stay. And I don't know if that's true or not, so I shouldn't really bother. There are some streamers who do play ads, right, and it depends on um, particular agreements they have with Twitch or eSport orgs, or, or they disagree with me and believe it's worth it for them. Uh, and those are the reasons why people play ads. The ads ruin the streams. There is picture to picture now, right? At least on desktop, where an ad plays and you can still see, see the stream in the top right-hand corner or whatever. And normally you're meant to choose to play ads uh, at points where it's not inconvenient for the stream. Like the place where I traditionally played ads back in the day was during the mini submission. And like during assassination and stuff, because I was doing literally nothing then, you know. You can't hear it, yeah, but it, at least it makes it a little bit less disruptive, you know. Should special abilities return in GTA 6? Would I want to see the character abilities return? As, I, as I've said before, I'm not sure that they could really do them again in a creative new way. The abilities that they've done here are like the basic abilities. Like I'm not sure how they could put abilities in the next game without them being really over the top and uh, super destructive to the gameplay. They already seem somewhat out of place for this game. Creating ones that feel different, yet make sense within the world, it will be a tough thing. Like, GTA 5 definitely uh, balances on that line of uh, realistic versus cartoony. You know, like, really balances that line. This game isn't super realistic to the point where it's annoying. Um, but it has, you know, consistent rules. And it does have some cartoony elements. Yeah, Michael's ability uh, is in, um, like, Red Dead and stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, Max Payne as well. Yeah, it's in Max Payne, yeah. I mean, bullet time is like a fairly common feature in a bunch of games. All the abilities that they have here are fairly common. It's just usually you get them, like, from picking up items or something, you know? Especially in narrative games, it's not very common. Like, no one really acknowledges that, you know, Trevor is just invulnerable to bullets sometimes. We do get some acknowledgement that they have abilities because Lamar is like, hey, you should do that thing where you squint or whatever that he says in Chop and stuff. Like to tell the player, like, hey, you can use special abilities, ha ha ha. But my opinion on bread. What is my opinion on bread? I like eating bread, but I hate how quickly it goes off. And before you get started with, oh, you should put it in the freezer, Mr. Judge. Oh, it, 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 it's so much better in the freezer. You're wrong. Putting bread in the freezer is terrible. Makes the bread taste worse. Fact. Even putting bread in the fridge makes it taste worse. Looks at my freezer that has four loaves of bread in the freezer. Look, if you're toasting the bread, okay, fine. It'll still taste worse. I mean, you're toasting it. It's not a big deal. If you're, if you're making sandwiches out of that frozen bread, you loco. You, you cray cray. 
People will be around your house any day now to put you into a white straitjacket. You are a few fries short of a Happy Meal. There are a few buttons missing on your remote control. When you guys were kids, did you take bread and like cook it on a fire? I remember doing that as a kid. Like you'd, you'd get a tree branch, but it's like a fork and then you like thread it into the bread and then you hold it over the fire. It tastes surprisingly nice. Like the novelty of it, of burning the bread was nice, but... Obviously fake stories fooling the mainstream media. Thoughts on the fake petition to ban fairy bread? So, from my understanding, the story goes like this. The Chasers, a satirical news group, you know, the people who mock the news and politicians and stuff in Australia, they made a fake petition and they sent out like a letter to all their subscribers and said, hey, look, can you guys just sign this petition as a joke? We're trying to get news media to pick it up as if this is a serious thing that we actually want to ban fa fairy bread because it's it's offensive or whatever. So for those who don't know, fairy bread is like rainbow sprinkles on butter on bread. And so I, I guess they'd be like, oh, this is offensive to gay people or something. You know, it's some made up thing. And so this this is all fake. It was complete nonsense. And but, but news media all ran with it anyway. They all uncritically went, oh, this is a petition to ban fairy bread for being offensive. How society is crumbling. And then they're all made to look like fools. Similar to that story of, um, uh, who was that Australian comedian dude who made that story about how people have like chastity belts or something or cock cages or something or whatever, but they're, they're digital and hackers had locked them and was holding people's junk for ransom or whatever. Lewis Spears, yeah, that's it. And the, the news ran with this as well, uncritically, just spewing that shit out. My question would be, uh, what parts of these news enterprises ran with these stories? Because, like, it, it, it seems as though with a lot of the online news sphere, there's, like, more serious parts of the news, and then there's just, okay, let's hire this dude for nickels, and get them to write as much sh shit as they can to hopefully get as many clicks as possible, you know? Like the opinion sections or whatever, where they, they may as well just be YouTubers talking shit. I mean, it, like, it in the same vein with YouTube, I guess it's the same vein with news these days. Just write as much as you can about anything. It's why that person saying, oh, you have to kill 700 people to get through GTA 5. The, the, that's the reason there's tons of articles about that. The, their, their video only got like a couple of thousand views and only got like 50 upvotes on Reddit. But that was enough for gaming news websites or whatever to write articles on it because they have nothing else to write articles about, you know? It just make as many articles about whatever you can. And so you'd have probably some parts of the, the enterprise that would engage in fact-checking uh, and other parts that's just... And as long as it's not super important, just fucking say whatever, so we can get some of those clicks. They have to constantly pump out things. They're afraid people forget about them. It's it's just profit, man. Like, the more stuff that you produce, the more you appeal to certain demographics who want to hear particular things. You can get clicks and you make money. Media is a business. Like, obviously, no media enterprise wants to get stuff wrong, or like obviously wrong. It is a lot more beneficial for. Uh, media companies to be able to uh, have plausible deniability or simply selectively report things 
Because you don't have to lie or present false stories to present a false narrative of the world. All you have to do is selectively report particular things that are true, you know, or are true from a particular perspective. Or you can simply uh, present things as more ambiguous than they actually are. Just increase confusion anyway. Like, it, it is... You can still very much so muddy the waters of discourse uh, without obviously lying. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing and I wish you all the best.